0: Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Kia ora guys, just a quick disclaimer before we jump into the episode that none of the information or education provided throughout this episode is nutrition advice and to seek out your own professional if you're needing any individual advice. All general information as you know um, and a really fun chat so let's get into it. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. Today I am here with some exciting guests, Rebecca and Dana, two registered dietitians um, with the educational platform just launched, What Should I Eat?, Um, here to give us a bit of an overview of what school should have taught us about nutrition, but didn't, Mm. which is obviously just everything. So a bit of background, I met Rebecca and Dana at a girls in business event earlier in the year. Um, And funny story around that is that Dana actually had watched a TikTok of mine that morning and then I ended up sitting next to her, which is so crazy. So how are you guys?
1: That was so crazy. Like meant to be. (laughs) It's what you put out into the universe, hey?
0: (laughs) It literally was. It was such a surreal, like, moment. But yeah, so funny. And I always remember that. And look Um, at us now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Great marketing from you, Sarah. (laughs) Yeah, always on it. it. Um, But no, definitely so um, grateful to have met you guys because we got on straight away and um, it's awesome to see what you're doing and looking forward to you being able to educate my audience a bit about nutrition. Um, So would you, maybe Dana, do you want to start us off and give us an overview of your current role and um, why you chose nutrition as a career?
2: Yeah, cool. So uh, me and Rebecca are both New Zealand registered dietitians. So I'm currently working as a renal dietitian, um, which is essentially a fancy word for a kidney dietitian. So I specialize in all things kidney health from different ranges of chronic kidney disease to working with people on dialysis and also working with people post kidney transplant. Um, but Rebecca and I have also started our own sort of private practice together called what should I eat? Um, so we have an Instagram page at underscore what should I eat where we post about all things nutrition, um, and also do live talks. So currently we're working with fitness brands mainly including F45 and Step fitness. Um, just doing regular content for them on their like private Facebook pages and talks and things like that I actually took a career quiz in my last term of high school and the number one thing (laughs) that came up for me was a dietitian (laughs) um I didn't even know what a dietitian was (laughs) yeah um, and I didn't even know what it was so I listened to that I looked into it and was like, oh yeah, that'd suit me really well. Um, So then I changed subjects in my last term of high school because I had to include chemistry and that was a uni requirement. So in my last term, I just switched into chemistry and then did like a bridging course like for uni. Um, And yeah, I'd always been pretty interested in like health and exercise and nutrition. So it was a really good fit, but I didn't know it was actually a career before doing that quiz. So yeah.
0: I'm are. so glad that one of those career quizzes actually worked I out for someone. <laughs> That's awesome. Like number one. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. Yeah, literally. Totally. How good. And Rebecca, what about yourself?
1: Well, I guess um, I'm Rebecca and I'm the other half of What Should I Eat? Um, which has just come out of us being dietitians and a beautiful friendship, which is the best way to go in business, I feel. And i um, I guess my path isn't as straightforward or as picture perfect <laughs> as Dana's, um, but I've actually started out my dietitian career as an acute medical dietitian at a hospital. So, um, at the same one as Dana because we do everything <laughs> together apparently, um, and then I transitioned, yeah. Uh, yeah, which is which is great. It's really nice, um, and then I transitioned into private practice work. So. This was working mostly with women to like restore sort of normal eating patterns, address cravings, binging and learn how to eat again for their best weight in life. And I initially did this part time and then I've sort of weaned off the hospital work and now I've gone full time private practice just recently um, and actually started a new private business dedicated to helping other dietitians start their own private practice um, because we need more dietitians out there in the world and they're just I'm just wanting to teach through my experiences so that people aren't really wasting their time. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. Um, And why I got into dietetics, like I said, it's not as straightforward as Dana's um, (laughs) number one career goals. Um, Nutrition (laughs) wasn't actually my first choice at all. Um, I actually completed my first degree in zoology down in Otago. So I'm a zoologist (laughs) as well.
0: Um, Holy shit!
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, I've had kind of a windy career degree path, I guess. But there was this one point when I was in the third I was in the third year zoology lab and I'd actually done a little bit of work in this area too. And I remember looking around me and being like, the girl next to me was just so into it and just so excited. And I was like, I like this, like I'm good at it, but I'm not on that level. And I wanted to find something that I was sort of like on that level with in terms of excitement. Um and it was mostly a research career as opposed to practical. So I took some time off, I traveled, I worked in China for a couple of years, and then I came back to complete my master's in dietetics up here in Auckland. Um, and I chose this in the end because basically after a long time in my like own thoughts, I realized what I was just naturally thinking about all day, every day was nutrition and food and my own health kind of journey. Um, so yeah, I just decided to jump into it and I might as well make a career path of what I'm thinking about already. Um, and it wasn't until the area did I realize like what a powerful and important like tool nutrition is for everyone and everything, including, sorry, Mm. including like weight hormones, as well as just like the planet and sustainability. So yeah, that's my windy path.
0: That's so cool. I love both of your stories. Another common question that people might have is what is the difference between like a dietitian and a nutritionist? Because when I think of the word dietitian, I think that you focus in helping people get on certain diets and give us the real answer. What is the difference?
2: But even like like I said when I saw that come up on the career quiz, like I didn't even know what it was and even when I started my degree, I didn't even really know what the difference was between a nutritionist and a dietitian. So I totally get why everyone finds that. So like they, they don't know. So I guess, um, dietitians are registered health professionals. So we need to meet specific standards and training requirements that are set by the dietitians board of New Zealand. So uh, basically, we're legally required to tell you legit evidence-based information about nutrition. We can't, you know, we're not allowed to BS or promote brands or sell you anything. Otherwise, we would literally lose our registration as a dietitian. So um, yeah. that's that. But um, also dietitians have a nutrition degree as well as a postgrad master's degree in dietetics. So it's it's five long years of study. Um, Mm. and we can work in a range of different settings. So like hospitals specializing in different disease conditions, like diabetes, kidney disease, um, cancer, all sorts of different things that you'd see in the hospital. Um, but also in private practice settings. So for like food companies, or I guess kind of like what we're doing private practice or one-on-one consults, that kind of thing as well. Um, whereas nutritionists are not regulated. So, Anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. A random person from down the street could call themselves a nutritionist if they wanted to without having any qualifications to back them. So you won't find any nutritionists in a hospital setting either um, because of that. And they're not qualified for that um, disease state like diabetes or kidney disease um, treatment. There are some amazing nutritionists out there that are legit and who are registered and who have studied and are well qualified. These people are called new. like registered nutritionist. Yeah, it's just important to know that, that dietitians are registered and legally bound to tell you the correct information. Whereas nutritionists, Mm -hmm. it's a bit more wishy-washy and you just need to make sure that you're finding um, a registered registered nutritionist nutritionist that has those qualifications.
1: For those listening here today, you might be wanting to work with someone to improve your diet. And I think the main point is that you just need to do a little bit of background research, um, especially with the term nutritionist because it's not regulated. Um, and just find out what qualifications they have, like check if they're registered with the Nutrition Society of New Zealand, um, or if they're um, registered with the Dietitians Board New Zealand. On that as well, like we each year have to
2: maintain and upkeep our registration. So if you've got a currently registered practitioner, like as a dietitian, you know that they are up to date with their knowledge and the latest evidence, and they're in keeping with the practice of a registered dietitian um, and health practitioner, so that's another thing to just check, like what their what the gear of their like registration is as well, and making sure that they are keeping on top of that each year.
0: Wow, that's so interesting. I never, I never would have known that. I feel yeah. like you never hear that spoken about, or at least not like outside the general world of nutrition and that kind of thing
2: yeah and that's like another reason why we wanted to start our what should i eat page of you know bring awareness to what dietitians are and make sure we're providing the correct you know nutrition information Mm. and providing the public with that rather than them getting it from all sorts of places like google and other you know unregistered places
0: yeah there's a lot of parallels with financial advice there like that's why i find it Mm. so important to keep reiterating the fact that like for me you know I'm not a financial advisor, but people who are (laughs) financial advisors have like an upkeep of whatever they're doing, like qualification each year, and um, they are there specifically for that purpose. Um, And it's important to understand that difference so that when you are getting your information, you're able to kind of apply the right, I guess, vetting process for your own personal situation and understand um, where that knowledge or that education is coming from so very interesting there's so many misconceptions leading off from what we we're talking about around what proper nutrition is and what being healthy is so I just want to ask you guys like what does it actually mean to be healthy <laughs> please tell me I need to know the answer so I can get on to it
2: <laughs> so I guess for me uh being healthy is all about improving your health parameters on the inside so focusing on nutrients yeah. and not calories so I guess yeah. What I mean by being healthy on the inside is w- looking at blood results, so things like your cholesterol, your blood sugar levels, your B12 levels, um, all of those sorts of things are the things that we look at as dietitians. Um, but also, you know, improving things like your blood pressure mm-hmm. or reducing your visceral fat, so the fat that sits around your organs that can be a lot more detrimental than just overall body fat. Um, so yeah, being healthy is about regularly doing health promoting behaviours such as eating more vegetables, drinking water being active and focusing on what's on the
1: inside. If you do focus on the inside, then the outside sort of shows that it's linked that way. Whereas you go from outside in, it's not always (laughs) that effective. Um, And yeah, that basically sums up from Dana. I would also say that, especially for me and the clients that we've, we've worked with, is that it's feeling healthy is about being comfortable and confident in your own skin and really feeling that sort of fit and strong feeling. So I think most of your listeners or you Sarah will have experienced those days or those times in your life where you do, you just know you're healthy. You know, you, you wake up with energy, yeah. you're able to do your tasks throughout the day and you just feel good and vice versa. Other days we're a bit more sluggish. So it's about finding and stacking those foundation behaviours, not focusing on the little stuff, like the little add-ins that you can at the top, those things that are going to make 1% change, Mm. but working on the foundations to begin with, stacking those so you can spend more time of your life in that fit, confident, strong, comfortable zone. Um, And
0: I love that we do so much more with our lives when we feel good on the inside. And so when we are looking to improve like those foundations we were talking about, How do we start to, I guess, analyze the foods we're eating and then decide if we need to change? With this one as well, I'd say there's sort of two main
2: things that I would say. So one, you really want your main meals to be healthy and balanced. So focus on your main meals being around the healthy plate model. If you search it on Google, there's a whole bunch of pictures that come up explaining this, but basically you want to, each of your meals to contain about a quarter of a plate of protein. So protein foods are things like your meat, chicken, fish, eggs, lentils, um, yeah, and about a quarter of a plate of complex carbohydrates. So things like brown rice, sweet potato, um, whole grain breads or wraps, oats, um, and then about the other half of your plate being made up of a whole heap of different colourful vegetables. That's kind of a good guide of what to aim for for each of yeah. your meals. Um, you can also add about a thumb size of fat in there as well. So things like tahini, avocado, um, yeah, like nuts and seeds.
1: Yeah, this is this is the foundations we're talking about. So starting mm. with these main meals as opposed to adding in. Beetroot powder for nitrates, or how many grams of quinoa. Start with the big picture, and then we can kind of nut down as you get these. So, I guess some examples of what Dana's talking about is like a plate might look like a quarter a plate or a palm size of chicken, um, a quarter a plate um, of brown rice, um, and half a plate of vegetables for lunch. And what we talk to people about, this is just like the ratios. It doesn't have to actually look like that on the plate. You don't have to have that model. But I like to talk to people about like if you pulled your meal apart, it might be a wrap, it might be a smoothie, it might be a stir fry. If those ratios were there, if you deconstructed it, that's what the ratio should look like. So mm. um one way to to answer your question to assess yourself going forwards is kind of think about all the meals you've eaten this week. And if we were to take all the meals you've eaten this week and we were to just throw them on the ground. <laughs> what would the total ratio look like? And you sort of reflecting over that, or even the day, you might be like, oh, actually, it's more like half of my total intake has been more on that carbohydrate side. Or it might be like, oh, actually, I've got three quarters of plate of, um, meat or something like that, like the protein foods. And it's about just looking at little things that you can do to shift your model, your week's intake, your day's intake or your plates to meet that ratio. And that's going to give you a really good um, foundation. So yeah, that that's would be the biggest thing to look at first and see where you're at with that plate model and then refine it towards mm. getting towards closer to that model.
2: Yeah, totally. And like the second thing I would say as well off that, so the first thing being focusing on that healthy plate model and those ratios, but then the second thing being mm. focusing on whole foods. So whole foods are foods grown from the ground, um things like plants or or from animals that are non-processed things like your vegetables, fruit, meats, eggs, nuts and seeds, basically all the things around The outskirts and the perimeters of the supermarket. So not all the things up and down the aisles where there's all the packets and processed (laughs) foods, but, um, just trying to focus on including more whole foods into your diet. So, um, I guess the more,
1: the better. And it's not saying never, like we're dietitians, like (laughs) we still eat processed foods. It's just about, again, the foundations, the majority of your diet and the more you're main food sources can be closer to nature like you actually know what they are or where they came from in their first form the better um, as opposed to a product with a ingredients list and I think the reason for that is even from an evolutionary point of view your body just knows what to do with these foods already it's not new in the scheme of things it doesn't need to you know try and break down stuff that's been derived from Um, like these food dyes and stuff that have been derived from petroleum, like it knows what to do with foods as they come in nature. So
0: it's going to be a lot more efficient as you eat. It's a good place to like just start even like having a think about it though. You know, I think that's can be the easiest thing is just giving people a place to start that, you know, doesn't involve a whole lot of work. That involves literally just having a think about it. And so kind of from that, like is there such a thing as good, and bad foods because I hear a lot of different chat around this like <laughs> oh there's no such thing as bad foods it's just like foods you know you shouldn't eat as often or something like what are your thoughts on that
2: <laughs> Common question. um yeah my, yeah I feel like my thoughts are kind of exactly what you've just been confused about but basically <laughs> I don't refer to foods <laughs> as good or bad foods either and I don't think Rebecca does as well hey like normally no
1: we don't um I feel like something that's bad for you, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Just as a language issue as opposed to a nutrition (laughs) issue. Totally. Like,
2: cause I feel like doing that, you know, labeling foods as good or bad just creates or can create such a really bad relationship with food. Um, You know, food is food at the end of the day. Some foods fuel our body really well and provide us with nutrients that nourish us and other foods uh, maybe not so good and don't do that, but nourish the soul, for example, like, I prefer to refer to foods um, as ones that you want to eat more of. So things like your vegetables, fruits, all those whole foods and things from nature, and then foods that you want to eat less of. So like the fast food, the lollies, Mm -hmm. the ice cream, the donuts. So, you know, the ice cream and donuts are delicious, and we still want to include them in our our life and in our day if that brings us enjoyment or it's, you know, good for the soul, but we just want to be eating less of them.
1: What I found is... Sometimes it's not to do with nutrients, but when we actually call foods good or bad, when we eat them, people tend to label themselves as bad if they eat a bad food. And it gets you into this sort of, I've done a bad thing. I feel guilty and tomorrow I need Mm. to restrict or eat only good foods to make up for it so that I'm a good person. And you might not have thought about it on that level. It might be a lot more subconscious than that, but we tend to put a lot of shaming and things like that if we start to use that language, especially with children and growing up. And there's the other thing, if you say it's a bad food and you're not allowed it, like if right now I was like, okay, Sarah, absolutely do not think, the last thing I want you to do is to think of a giant purple elephant. What are you going to do? You're going to think of a giant purple elephant. So it's mm-hmm. like, if you're not yeah. allowed chips, all you're going to do is sit there and think about chips. And there's just some really mm-hmm. cool um, research coming out about sort of like putting these foods more around you and more available and you're less likely to have them, but that's a topic for another day. But um, I think, yeah, Dana has really, summed up really well and to me choosing the best foods for you and for your body is sort of like putting fuel in your car so like a fuel tank let's Mm. picture it like you could put 50 percent petrol and 50 percent juice in it and it may actually run for a while and even get you to your destination but it's going to cause your car a lot more damage in the long run inside of the engine and the engine won't look pretty. And in the long run, it's going to cost you a lot in repairs going um, down the path. So, um, It's the Mm. same, it's exact same with your body. Yes, you could survive for a long time and you could probably, you know, work on eating just cookies and juice and donuts, all the things we want to eat less of. Um, And we've all heard of these diets, the cookie diet and juice cleanses and all these sorts of things. But back to what we're Mm. talking about at the start of this podcast, like coming from the more um, hospital point of view, you probably aren't going to feel so flash and you're going to have to pay for this in the long term and dental bills and hospital bills and never mind that sort of three thirty 30 itis, um, or slump in the evening. So then, then that's sort of like the basic, and then we can get a bit more tailored. For example, some cars need petrol and some need diesel and we've got electric cars now, or a race car needs a lot more petrol compared to one sitting in the garage. And that's where it's more tailored nutrition to that person. They might need a lower, carbohydrate diet or they might need a higher you know whatever nutrient diet for them um or we've got athletes who need a lot more food so that's where we need to know our engines specifically and not follow what the person next to us is doing um because it's not necessarily going to be what we need
0: it's so funny how many parallels and i often draw on (laughs) these parallels there are between like your, my own personal money situation and like mm. your health situation, like a lot of it comes down to, I guess, understanding who you are and what you need and knowing that what you, your needs always going to be different to the person you're sitting or standing next to. And we've yeah. spoken a little bit about this earlier about the split of nutrients. So kind of grouping two questions into one here, like how do we work out that split of nutrients for ourselves? And like, do we then need to be tracking, even more specific like macronutrients for general health
2: I feel like we get asked this all the time as well that's probably one of the most common questions (laughs) so it's good that you brought that up uh, it's important Um, to
1: address yeah especially working with like sports and um gyms and all that sort of Mm. thing (laughs) I feel like this is not, not the answer that you're going to want to hear, but um,
2: <laughs> there is no ideal macronutrient split. It kind of touches on what Rebecca was saying before, but everyone is so different. And depending on what your goals are and what you want to achieve specifically, your macro split will be totally different to someone and else's. This is why we have a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, in general, we pretty much, for, for the general population, we want people to be following that sort of healthy plate model like we talked about before. So if you're kind of basing mm-hmm. most of your meals around that, um, the, the macronutrient split, so macronutrients are, you know, your things like your protein, your carbohydrates, and your fat. So if you're kind of basing it off that previous healthy plate model, your macronutrient split looks something like 40 to 60% carbohydrates, 20 to 30% protein, and then 20 to 30% fat. Again, it just comes down to that mm-hmm. whole balance like you want to be balancing those macronutrients you don't want too much of protein or you could end up with disease and conditions down the track um like kidney disease could be quite a big <laughs> one from that but um yeah, you know, it's, it, it, it again just comes down to that balance. And if you kind of try and focus on it in a more simple way of something like the healthy plate model, that is like a tangible thing that you can visualize and sort of do with your meals each day, then you're not getting caught up on all the numbers of how many percent of this and oh, I've had 62% carbs today, damn, now I need to cut back on 2% fat, like in the long run, that doesn't really help anyone or do any good so just Mm -hmm. focusing on the basics and getting that that healthy plate model and the whole foods is going to do you a lot better in in the Mm. long run
1: yeah and again back to that sort of language like good or bad foods I think it's a nicer place to come to where as opposed to what do we need to take out like what do we need to add in and just making sure that you get enough of the good stuff in general most people aren't packing in enough like colorful vegetables or water, so just stocking up on those, and it is quite nice—a nice mindset to be like, "What can I add today?" Rather than "What can I take away?" So that you don't have those sort of feelings of deprivation. And by adding in those mm. that good stuff and getting those ratios back up, then those other things tend to be slightly displaced anyway, naturally. So I just wanted to add to what Dana said that with the whole macro split debate in <laughs> question what it doesn't really consider is micronutrients so when I say micronutrients I talk about vitamins and minerals as well as all those other health benefiting sort of things that come in food for example like fiber so fiber isn't included when we talk about the carbohydrate protein fat macro split and what fiber is is basically the backbone of all Plant foods, um, or like carbohydrate foods. And I like to think of fiber as like your overachieving friend when even just like hearing about how much they're achieving is super exhausting. Fiber is exactly the same, it has so many benefits to your body that I could sit here all day and have a podcast. I love talking about fiber, but all the good stuff (laughs) it does for your body, like most people know that it can help you with being regular but it can also be protective against sort of bowel disorders and heart disease and food rich foods rich in fiber also contain powerful other protective agents like antioxidants and phytochemicals and we've all heard of antioxidants um and it can help with weight control and the management of disease such as diabetes and this just isn't part of that macro split discussion so all of these extra goodies I feel deserve as much attention and I think they're a really good place to start of what can you add into your diet if that makes sense Mm. absolutely and I think even as well to like add on to that further
2: like it also ties in with the whole if it fits your macros like we know a lot of people know about that and that's a common one that we get asked about as well and it same sort of thing again like if it fits your macro is 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 a concept that doesn't take into consideration your health and all those goodies on the inside you know if if it fits in your macros eat chocolate bars and ice cream and whatever and that's what people are like cool it fits in my calories for the day but yeah it doesn't take into consideration the nutrients of those foods that you're fitting into your calories
0: Mm. yeah
1: I'd much rather see a dietitian in the private space first than in the hospital when everything's sort of broken <laughs> down because of this. And I, exactly. I think that's a really good example, Danes. Like, for example, like you could make like a have for lunch cookies and a protein shake and a spoonful of, full of butter to fit your macros, and it could be your carbohydrate, protein, and fat like split mm. on your plate, but. That again, back to that car analogy, it won't be running smoothly down the track with that.
0: So when it comes to like things maybe starting to go downhill, like what are some unhealthy eating habits that (laughs) people might have and how do we identify those?
2: Unhealthy eating habits are kind of like red flags. Um, Things that we tend to notice in our clients and things are um, like obsessing over food and calories, excessive intake. So not just including food, but also things like alcohol, alcohol. overly restrictive behaviour so um, you know cutting back on the calories, trying to compensate for the times that maybe you've overeaten or specifically around training schedules Um, cutting out entire food groups is a big one Um, going vegan or vegetarian can be a red flag without proper consideration of the things that you might be missing out on with that Um, you can eat vegan or vegetarian really healthily but you just have to make sure that you are actually considering what foods you are eating Um, To make up for any missed nutrients. So, those are some of the like red flags, but I suppose in terms of like symptoms um, that are red flags and indicative of like unhealthy eating habits could be things like irregular bowel habits. So particularly if you've got any like blood or mucus in your stools, um, gross, but important to know. And it's things that we chat about Absolutely. as dietitians, because it's all part of that whole process of eating, um, and digestion and everything. Um, others, i very good at talking like about bowel. Bowel. <laughs> Yeah, it's totally normal for us now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Other symptoms can be things like irregular periods, low mood, low energy, having, you know, those serious cravings at 3.30 p.m. or that that crash in the day, or if you've got your blood results checked and you've got low iron levels. Um, Other things could be like unintentional weight gain or weight loss where you're not even putting effort or thought into it and it's just happening. Those can be signs or symptoms that you've got some sort of unhealthy eating behavior going on.
1: Yeah. So those are kind of things people can look at themselves and reflect on and suggest that they do see a doctor or a dietitian to work on those things and but there's so many aspects of health that nutrition relates to and it, it makes sense right like nutrition aka what we eat literally it literally becomes us and drives all the functions in our body so I think this is like a good time maybe to point out like that again in New, especially in New Zealand like we think of And we want to go see a nutritionist if we want help with our weight or something like that. But dietitians and registered dietitians and registered nutritionists can help with so many things that we may not commonly think nutrition is related to like hormone dysregulation or fertility is a huge area. Um, Diabetes. So blood sugar management, kidney disease, like Dana's pointed out Um, sports performance. So nutrition that can provide you that 1% gain that you need to sort of beat the competition and races. Nutrition's also related to things like your mood. So the gut brain axis is a really exciting area of nutrition research um, as well as IBS, bloating, gas, gut pain, daily energy levels, weight gain and just so much more. So any if you think about just nutrition's just related to every function of your body. So if anything's feeling a bit off chances are it, it might not be what can fix it and you might still need to see a doctor absolutely but working on your diet can usually help a lot of these things
0: to summarize like what do healthy eating habits and a healthy lifestyle look Um, like generally to sort of summarize this as best as possible it's kind of a lot of the things that we've (laughs) talked about a bit but it
2: would be that whole you know having regular meals following that healthy plate model for those main meals like your breakfast lunch dinner um Focusing on adding nutrients in. What can you add in? Can you add an extra fiber? Can you add in extra, you know, vegetables at your dinner each night or whatever? Um, Focusing on those whole foods, those things closer to nature and less packaged and processed. Drinking more water, that's a common one. That's such an easy one that people can add in and often they just forget or don't even think about. Um, Yeah, Sleeping more as well. This isn't necessarily related to food, but has an impact on how much you eat in the day. You know, if you're really tired, you haven't slept well, you're probably way more likely to reach for that coffee in the morning and your donut first thing being like, I just want energy. I need something to get me through the day and to be able to work. Um, So if you focus on Mm. sleeping more as well, that can really impact on your nutrition choices and food choices throughout the day. Um, And also just making sure that you're eating enough. I think there is so much focus out there, especially with social media um, on body image and how you should look and that there's so much focus out there on restriction and cutting calories. And, you know, I just it's really important to be eating enough. And that's a lot of what we work with with our clients mm. especially if you're training really hard yeah. you know if you're going to the gym every day you need to be eating to rebuild and replace those muscles and nutrients that you're losing from that so
1: and it seem, it might seem a little bit overwhelming and uh, that that's sort mm. of a broad idea but I think most importantly is also to just start stacking these habits like if you're sitting there listening to this being like oh my god <laughs> like I don't tick any of those boxes a lot of the things that we do like brands and clients as we create sort of habit trackers and these allow our clients to like add one thing at a time and get those foundations right so that we can then see what's going on above that to stop them really becoming overwhelmed and not achieving anything and it's probably like you said Sarah very similar to like financial (laughs) um, stuff as well as one thing at a time don't try and you know fix your Kiwi saver and your budget and invest all at once (laughs) do one thing at a time and for for those listening like from that list that Dane's just gave like pick one of these to focus on this week like just one such as drinking more water and once you've sort of sorted that pick another and then by the end of the year you'll be this well-oiled machine just (laughs) and it'll, it'll come and go but you kind of get those foundations and you'll be able to feel when you're a bit off and you'll know what to add back in
0: yeah I say that exactly when it comes to money like I literally (laughs) say I said this the other day on a podcast that I was interviewed for they're like what's your biggest financial tip and I said just pick one thing (laughs) and stick to that first and try and master that before you move on to the next thing because it can be so overwhelming and I think also when it Mm -hmm. comes to being like our definition of healthy we Mm -hmm. can often think that we have to do so many things to be this oh. like healthy person, and we have to be like like doing all the like little one percent high level things that we were talking about before. Mm. But really, it just starts with the foundational yeah. stuff and getting that Absolutely. right before you try <laughs> yeah. and improve the like one stuff.
1: It might be boring, but it's it
0: works. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, it's also
1: putting
2: it simply like that's all you need to do it makes it easier you know it doesn't have to be super complicated and you know it is just a foundation (laughs) of most of us know what we should probably be eating and what we shouldn't it's it is actually bringing it back to that that basic thing
1: and that's a whole nother question right there like even though we know what we know, <laughs> why do we do what we do? And that sort of mm-hmm. uh, yeah. more behavioral we'll just, psychology. Half of our work.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you guys would say it every day. And yeah. um, another thing I'm sure you hear every day are common misconceptions around health (laughs) and around (laughs) nutrition so what are what are some common misconceptions that we all this is
1: why we want to get the dietitian name out there and and get dietitians more confident as speaking out loud and and representing that we are a registered profession and that we only have evidence-based in because there's so much of this stuff Especially online. Like, we get asked this, but I see this every day. So, yeah, the more podcasts we get to, the better. So, gluten free
2: foods are healthy. Fat makes you fat. Coconut oil is healthy fat. (laughs) Um, Food intolerances are the same as food allergies. Um, Coconut sugar is healthier than white sugar. Um, Vegetarian diets are protein deficient. What else you got, Rebecca?
1: Yeah, I think <laughs> potatoes count as one of your <laughs> recommended fruit <laughs> <laughs> for all those people who just eat fries every day and say, and tomato sauce and spaghetti in their vegetables. It's not gonna um, do the do very much justice. Or a big one in the sports area is that um sort of like protein timing is that I need to get my protein shaken within 10 minutes post my workout and you see these people carrying like we just go to the gym and seeing carrying tubs of protein powder so they can have it straight away you don't need to do this it's okay
0: okay well I've got a few questions um (laughs) so this isn't a consult Sarah (laughs) (laughs) I've got about the misconceptions you just said, like. Uh, yeah. Okay, the common ones I've heard <laughs> that coconut oil is is a healthy fat. So, yeah. what what's the deal with that one? Right.
1: So this this got highlighted to me as a major issue because we do um, a lot of talks on like cardiology, so like heart health. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the the problem here is that to improve your heart health, you want to reduce the amount of saturated fat you're getting. So saturated fat is usually associated with animal products. So it's the, the fat around the edge of the steak, or it's things like butter. Um, Whereas what we think is healthy fats, like um, unsaturated fats, typically come from plant sources. So like olive oil and avocado and nuts and seeds. Now this is where the confusion has stemmed from because coconut is a plant. So people will think that coconut oil is a healthy fat. Whereas unfortunately, it's kind of like one of those exceptions to the rule where coconut fat is actually predominantly made up of saturated fat. So if you're trying to get your heart healthy and all these sorts of things... Um, then it's actually not one of the sources of fat that we would recommend. I was just going to say as well, that's exactly part of the
2: reason why we started our what should I eat page to help debunk heaps of these myths and misconceptions Mm -hmm. and things where people are just so unsure about what is actually what, because there is so much contraindicating information out there online and it does make it really confusing. So that is something that we are going to be posting about on our what should I eat page is different myths and what is out there and what the actual information is and what it isn't so definitely Absolutely. keep
0: an eye out for more of those that would be so interesting it's like those pages that do the side-by-side comparisons of like yeah different foods like uh, I saw one the other day it was scorched almonds and then that skinny almonds brand that's come out and mm, yeah and really like delicious. comparing how some people think that's like a better alternative or whatever but really it's just the same thing with like a slightly thinner layer of chocolate so like just little things that you think because you're you know you're not educated and you're just a consumer who obviously believes what the packaging would say etc like those sorts of things are so helpful to know because usually you just you believe what packaging and marketing says yeah I was
2: gonna say oh There is a lot of good marketing out there, and that is the basis for all of these nutrition misconceptions. Like, just (laughs) good
1: marketing from companies. Like, (laughs) yeah. Another good example is the term light. It's not actually regulated. So, people are like trying to eat low fat, and they'll have, um, I don't know, like on butter or margarine or yogurt, and it'll be like L I T E or something like that. And because it's not regulated, it says light. And obviously, the consumer who has already got this preconception in their head that they want to lose weight they see that and they're like cool I'll buy that one easy peasy but the term light because it's not regulated it could actually mean it's lighter in volume or it's lighter in color like it's so bad that we're being tricked that much yeah which is exactly why we don't blame people for being
2: confused about this sort of stuff either because it is actually really confusing like even we know a lot about um, nutrition and everything but There are products on the market that we're like, oh, that seems too good to be true. And then we look into it and it it is too good to be true. It (laughs) is.
0: Kind of wrapping up, like what are the most important things that you have learned about nutrition in your experience that you implement in your own life?
2: I guess to put it down to something, something that I implement in my own life that I've taken away from my kind of degree is to focus on nutrients um, and to focus on adding things in rather than taking away it it's a huge mental battle constantly thinking about things that you need to restrict or what you shouldn't eat and
1: mm. so
2: many people focus on that as well but when you change that mindset to really focusing on things that you should be adding in and how you can better nourish your body that way it just takes a lot of the pressure off food um, and you know you just it just makes healthy eating so much more achievable and maintainable in your lifestyle when you're just like oh okay I've made this breakfast meal what can I add in here that will make it healthier for me okay I'll sprinkle some nuts and seeds on the top like it's about focusing on that and it just makes healthy eating so much more enjoyable and knowing that there is no such thing as a perfect diet or a perfect way of eating so just focus more on getting those whole foods in and nourishing your body as much as you can but still having that balance, um, and that's that's what's going to be healthy for your mind, but also your body. There's a huge connection between mm. your mind and your gut. Um, so the less stress you put around food, the the healthier and easier it becomes as well. Absolutely,
1: we aren't robots. We don't just eat pellets. Like food is emotion, so it's so tied to all of these things. If we could, you know, lots of people kind of I know have mentioned to me with clients like I wish I could just kind of like take a pill at me my food so I didn't have to think about it that's how much emotional kind of distress it causes but kind of using those language changes is really important so I'm very similar to Dana like with a history myself of like yo-yo dieting and restricting and then gaining the weight back like going back to the foundations going back to the basics that we know work and leaning into that and trusting that and focusing on hunger cues too is a big one for me like taking a second and seeing if I'm actually hungry or not. And if I am, that's absolutely fine. There's no harm in having a second portion or like going back for seconds if you are hungry. Um, And another thing is, um, and this might not be (laughs) what we want to talk about right now, but um, especially if you're listening to this podcast and you're having dinner or something, but like I mentioned before, keeping your bowels regular is so important. Like a healthy gut to me is healthy life and it just allows you to regulate those hunger cues and your skin is more glowing and better hormone balance because all those toxins that your body's trying to get rid of it can get rid of they're not building up um and causing all sorts of issues so that's something I would really focus on as well as if you've got regular bowel motions your weight's less likely to fluctuate too as well on a scale where people tend to Mm -hmm. weigh themselves daily Can I just add in there as well, like,
2: yeah, you want to be making nutrition easy, as I said, but also like you want to have energy to be able to live your life to the best with whatever you want to do, whether that's with work related stuff or personal related things or sport or whatever that is like you want to be able to have energy and for your body to function as well as you can to be able to achieve all those things that you want to do or have the energy to show up in your day-to-day life. So by, you know, focusing mm. on those nutrients and keeping things just nice and simple and on the whole foods will just mm. help you have that energy. Like, we all want to feel good and, you know, be at our best self most days, you know? So just
1: kind of focusing Absolutely. on that as well. You can trust your body. Like, sometimes when you're not, when you're not feeling quite yourself, like, it, co- it, it usually is because you're not giving your body something that it truly needs and that could be on a micro or macro level and it's okay to trust that gut, gut instinct and get help if you feel like you need to so for, like for example like I've been feeling really fatigued and really tired lately and, it, and it's that point where I was going to the workouts I usually do and yes they're a hard workout but it was a sort of different feeling where it was just too hard like because of how I was going um, and then I got my done, and my iron was through the floor. So like getting sort of intuitive with how you're feeling and getting those foundations right. So you can know if there's something else going on and then trusting your instinct and getting help if you need is what I would recommend.
0: Thank you so much for both of your time today. Like it's been so good to chat about and really helpful and eye opening and just a good I think reminder for those people basic, you know, practical reminder of what they can start doing and even start educating themselves about. So make sure you all go and follow Rebecca and Dana and keep up with everything they're doing over and what's the at? Underscore what should I eat. Amazing. Yeah. Make sure you guys go and keep up with everything and I'll have it below. Thank you so much again, ladies. Looking forward to Thanks um for yeah keep us. chatting and hopefully bring you back on again at some point